25 years in TV and, uh, and someplace in the 1990s, it started, well, I started reading some stuff that said, you know, maybe this isn't the most healthy of professions <laughs> to be in, um, in spite of everyone building themselves up and saying how great they are. Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah. And so, uh, I, I had a slow turnaround sometime shortly after I worked on the Dr. Phil show and I was actually working on something <laughs> quite gratifying uh, after that, uh, mm -hmm. although uh, it was mismanaged and didn't see the light of day. But um, I just said, you know, Arsenio Hall show too, right? That's right. That's what right. I was, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad someone remembers him. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, he's <laughs> one of the greatest stand-up comics and, you know, interview yeah. hosts and he totally changed the game. Yeah. yeah, he was the first African-American late-night talk show host. Came on the air in 1989, I think. So, um, anyway. So, are we, uh, are we uh, recording this yet? Or yeah, we're rolling already. We're rolling. Cold open, yeah, good. exactly. Good, good, good. <laughs> Ladies okay. and gentlemen, welcome Ken Weishaus. Stop breaking down his new book. Um, yeah, Ken, Ken Weishaus. KentW.net, the website you can find it at. Excellent. And then... Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, as Ken says, he's been in the film industry for two and a half decades, and then uh, he pivoted and decided to help people. Yeah, with their um, mental health and <laughs> swimming through this world. You know, right now we're so overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed, honestly, with all the news that goes on. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah part of me wants to be like informed and aware. But part of me just wants to not be that. <laughs> well, it's a real fine line, isn't it? Yeah, I, we can easily uh, be overwhelmed with what's out there um, just because it's so available, as uh, Daniel Kahneman would say. It's the availability mm -hmm. heuristic. Um, you, you don't have to do anything to just flip on your phone and see some one being beaten up, stabbed, bombed, uh, uh, car accidents, uh, car chases, uh, instantly available and, um, or on TV. Uh, mm -hmm. and, um, and so, you know, these things are all real. I certainly don't want to deny them. And mm -hmm. the world is a dangerous place in certain places, but, um, but by and large, when you, access it repeatedly all day long it's really easy to feel like it's unsafe everywhere and um and uh this can affect your functioning so that's how i feel mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> side you want to share a little bit i don't know i feel like the news you know me and side are from lebanon with all the intense news that's coming out of that area part of me wants to be aware of what's happening back home you know and sympathize with my friends yeah. and family that are back home. But then um, I feel like I'm getting kind of traumatized too, you know, and uh, I want to be mentally strong. Um, yeah. But I want to um, be aware. Yeah, how, do you avoid, how do you avoid the overwhelm? Well, how do you keep a balance? Mm -hmm. I'll ask mm -hmm. you guys that. How do you do it? Hadi, shall I go for it? Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, for, for me, it's been basically trying to separate the emotional aspect of it, of it all and differentiate just like, because this is not something I'm new to. I've already been hearing this news. I've already been seeing it for a long time. So 
obviously when you first experience it you get this rush of emotions and, and you want to react that's that's the initial response over time you start learning more informing yourself educating yourself about the whole narrative and then you become more experienced about how to process the information because you know this is not something new you know this is not something that is very different from what has already happened in the in the past if you just look up at history it's it's the same events happening but over time it's just been escalating it's mm -hmm. basically an inflation of of uh, historical events Think, things are just escalating even more and more every year so once you come to terms with that and you see it again i know i'm sounding very like maybe like i don't have empathy with the whole situation quite the opposite no it doesn't um, sound like that to me yeah it's but you just reach that point where you're like okay there's there's no point for me to get angry or upset the the best thing to do is to help whoever i can in the moment and also just like take more take action because people like to talk a lot and mention stuff about it uh, about the situation like on social media and stuff that's good that's it's a, it applies pressure um but action speaks louder than words and that's not like it's a it's a cringy comment to say but it's it's true you got to do something instead of just speak because we we've been speaking about it for so long and nothing has changed so unless an action actions are actually done then nothing's going to change yeah um it's a, interesting how uh we're getting into uh what i see is it's very at least how it's being presented is very polarized like mm -hmm. the idea that a hundred different systems or a thousand different systems have come to play um and that people are behaving you know i watched your last podcast uh the the, the guy who uh was saying that uh the the uh, I, I I'll interpret what he said the the rigid beliefs that, that we are capable of of uh really rigid belief systems that are immovable uh and unfortunately you've got um extremists mm -hmm. leading both sides that are immovable and mm -hmm. um and yeah. so this 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 is the crap that comes to comes to happen um with with thousands of people being killed um and uh, we get trapped in our narrative so um what i say that you know doing something about it is certainly important i think it's really important to um to not say either you're with me or against me you know like mm -hmm. the, to to understand the nuance that went into everything that, that's come down um mm -hmm with it's so funny i was just in uh i was just in slovakia a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago and uh talked to a guy there who said in my lifetime he's 40 years old in my lifetime this has been three different nations the land we're standing on has been three different nations in my wow. father's lifetime it had been five different nations wow. he said the politicians come in the leaders come mm -hmm. in think they have some uh rock hard belief system that can steer things the right way and we yeah. pick up the pieces and make it work, you know. And um, so I don't know the, the 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 people, many of the people in charge, um, or at least um, 
leading the charge are uh, mm-hmm. governed by rock hard belief systems that are uh, that are not helping anyone. There's, That's there's... the issue. It's when you ha- when you place people who have. <clears throat> Sorry. So the thing the thing is with um, with like for example certain prime ministers and presidents in power that have these rock hard beliefs that you're talking about they tend to have a certain um, ego as well where they the decisions they make are basically the ones that they believe are unshakable and they can yeah, and they know there's no fact. doubt yeah, yeah there's no doubt about them mm-hmm. they don't even there's no way that they can they're they can take anyone else's perspective mm-hmm. it is only their side and that is that is what's true for them and this is this is negative this is a very negative aspect to have because at the same time they tend to be pretty charismatic people they're, yeah. they're aggressive <laughs> yeah they're they're aggressive uh, in the debates which gains them a lot of votes <clears throat> and because they're aggressive they also have a certain <coughs> sorry i was eating popcorn earlier so so this aggression kind of comes off as a level of charisma but in reality it's it's not it's actually just blindsided uh uh like wild wild thoughts being shared and just but they've also practiced articulation so this helps them you know it's like they focus their thoughts and they sound like there's what they're saying is correct so they get into they get into these positions which is not good for the people well and we we as the people uh are craving some structures some belief system some narrative Mm -hmm. some Mm -hmm. some a caused b narrative and unfortunately life is never like that um a is caused by a thousand b's and um and it's just, it's just not that simple. Um, yet, uh, we, we desire it to be, uh, we're meaning making storytelling creatures. And, um, and so, yeah. oh, there's a good story. I'm going to latch onto that and go with that. Right. Um, until, exactly. until suddenly, uh, either you're running out of food or bombs are raining down on you. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then, then, it, then it's, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's distressing for, uh, Something that uh, you're pointing out is that um, people latch onto stories, which is very true. They like the drama. They like to hear. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding, man. People just love drama and they like they like a good story to watch. And I'm pretty sure you've seen that um, working in TV for so long. So, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what do you think is like the most common emotion that people enjoy feeling or experiencing while watching TV? Oh, good question. Uh... There's some some kind of I don't know if you can boil it down to one emotion, but some kind of amped up thing. Um, mm-hmm. I see. One, one I've said this a few few different forums. I gravitated towards tabloid television in in the okay. 1990s, and it's it's something I regret now. But regardless, <laughs> uh, uh, it's regardless, I got to be pretty good at it. And then I, I took skills that I picked up there and applied it in other areas. Uh, just, just being a promotions uh, creator, producer, I'd be able to 
cut 30 second teases for stuff and 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 with the idea of getting the most outrageous line the most outrageous shots and just show it show it show it and yeah. um and so that amped up feeling that you get from that um whether it's a somebody cheating on somebody a celebrity acting badly uh uh and and or or a, a horrific accident you know you're going to play the clip you're going to play the, uh, the 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 sound bite over and over and over get people looking at it so it's like you're drawn to it. it's like <gasps> um and it's amped up i think i think um there's a desire to feel amped up which um you know it's probably if you want that amped up feeling, uh, I, I would strongly recommend you take five steps back and come to understand why you're going after that and see if there's some other way to do it, like bungee yeah. jumping, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, or, uh, you know, rather than getting amped up with stories, um, it's a it's a visceral sensation when we get involved in these things, you know, our totally. guts twist, uh, our mm -hmm. chest constricts, we're breathing fast and we're going, <gasps> and, and, um, and so pay attention to what's viscerally happening and informing you. Yeah. Um, because you, it might be better to have a more pure cognitive experience if possible um, to just step back. And say, wait a minute, why am I feeling this way? Why, why is my viscera behaving this way? Um, what do I want to do about it? How can I, uh, gaining distance from your thoughts, gaining distance from your stories, from your narratives, uh, is a is a big thing I'm hammering on in the book. Um, mm -hmm. uh, to step back from them, and and if you if you're desirous of some amped up feeling, okay, that's a coping mechanism for something or other, but. Go do it mm -hmm. in a way that's not necessarily storytelling. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting you say that because I've heard of that context of like dopamine yeah. increases. And I've heard that in um, like for addiction, you know, that's right. And dopamine like or adrenaline. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. But um, I've never heard of it in terms of stories like that you can that that stories themselves give you that kind of rewarding feeling and but also that you want to always amp it up and take it to the next level and try to have more maybe intense you know stories and drama yeah, well, and... I, I don't know I, I i'm not a neurologist i'm not a mm -hmm. psychiatrist i'm a licensed clinical mm -hmm. social worker but but mm -hmm. my, my understanding is that if you watch something that's a pleasing story that mm -hmm. uh, fills in the blanks for you, that makes makes things make sense, it does include it does uh, uh, increase uh, a sense of well being of or or a sense of uh, feeling good, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if you you watch a movie that you like, you tend um, you tend to come away sort of feeling good, right? I, I would suspect that's a dopamine thing. <laughs> That's interesting. And I feel like that's, you know, if you watch reality TV and how it's shaped, you know, like you see how more intense it gets. Like you start off with something like The Bachelor, which is like a simple dating show. <laughs> right. And then you take it to its next level, you know, when you have uh, like Big Brother, you have a bunch of people in a room and now they're arguing and there's more drama, you know, they're just intensifying that same feeling that 
you know, you get from watching like a simple reality TV, but now they want more, you know, so they can get the views. Yeah. And you see that all over the internet too on YouTube. Yeah. Social media. And and Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, influencers, you know, are engaging in a lot of that stuff. Um, Yeah. It's so funny. As my, as my belief system in television was crumbling, I was working on the show (laughs) called Paradise Hotel, which was, which was about, (laughs) couples put together in a resort that were sleeping together and who's going to get kicked out of the resort. And it's like, really? <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, I, it, the thing is that these things pay well, you know? Mm-hmm. And so totally. uh, they get views. <laughs> and, and when you're paid well, you have a cultural umbrella raining down on you that says, well, you're being paid well, must be meaningful and worthwhile. And yeah. so, so it's it's hard to step away from an industry that does reward you financially, but it's like, shouldn't there be a prerequisite that everyone go through human relations 101 before they start mm-hmm. becoming huge influencers to millions of people with their programming? Um, uh, that's kind of what I my takeaway from it. It's like, mm-hmm. pay, so pay attention. Think- yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I just wanted to ask about. Um, so this is something I've been picking. I've been paying attention to, which is the difference between being like financially rich and being rich with in, in fame, which is through relationships. Um, so the one where you're making a lot of money, it's usually when you just give people what they want, but not what they need, um, and it's usually in like in any industry, it's just probably low quality, like produce or, you know, something that's not really healthy for the individual. Can you give an example? Of what you're so, for example, let's say, and for food, mm-hmm. when you want to like Coca-Cola and Pepsi, soft drinks, like they, for example, they, let's say they advertise diet Pepsi or diet Coke. It's not healthy. It's still mm-hmm. not healthy. Yeah. But they sell, but they sell millions, billions of it, mm-hmm. you know, in the year. So, and these are like the biggest brands. If you look at all the biggest food brands, it's most of their stuff is junk for, for your body. Like when we look at it, um, also in entertainment, um, I feel like some of the the richest entertainment industries are the ones that just, for example, the ones that, the example you were just giving about reality TV. I mean, if I watched when I watched the the Kardashians, it's it's yeah. a very successful reality show, but I, I'm I'm not gaining anything from it, man. Like, I'm so not gonna. I, I don't watch uh, that stuff. Uh, so uh, you, what you said has been bouncing around my mind for some months now. Yeah, it's identical. So it's identical exactly. to selling a sugary soft drink in plastic <laughs> containers, right? Right. Um, <laughs> in the moment, oh wow, that tastes good. That feels good but you're getting diabetes. It's shortening your life. The plastic's going to degrade and join the huge plastic island in the middle of the Pacific 100%. and leach into uh, marine life where it's going to come down to the, 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 the food chain and affect our ability to procreate or our ability to digest mm-hmm. foods. Um, we have the, the, the abstract thinking capabilities that our species is capable of. Um, which includes thinking about the future, ruminating about the past, 
focusing on something and creating something new, being able to collaborate with each other, you know, um, mm -hmm. to say, hey, let's build a skyscraper over there, you know, and we all get together and do it. Um, yeah. Uh, that 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 ability is a tremendous blessing. In, in one way, it, it's allowed us to take over the planet for better or worse, <laughs> but, but it's got a very dark downside, which is we create these things and we share them. And then we, well, I like my plastic covered Coca-Cola. I don't want to think about anything <laughs> else. I love mm -hmm. it. I'm going to keep drinking it. I like mm -hmm. my Kardashians. I'm going to keep watching it. Um, uh, I'm not going to think about the long-term effects of this, right? What it's doing to me mentally, what yeah. it's going to do to me physically. And, and if we, it's a blessing and a curse, the abstract thinking, because we, we do have the ability to step back from our thoughts. We have the ability to step back. It just takes more cognitive energy to step back. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, well, I like Coca-Cola. Maybe I shouldn't be drinking it this much. And maybe there's a better delivery mechanism for it that won't harm the planet. Um, uh, maybe uh, there's something else I could be working on rather than the Kardashians that might promote a good feeling without uh, creating jealousy or, 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 or amped up feelings that ultimately lead. The, 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 the Kardashians and other programs like that are like, they're like smoke and mirrors. Okay. Yeah. It's like, they're saying, look at this important event right here that's happening. And, and we're not paying attention to the, the truly important stuff, which is over here. Um, yeah. And, uh, um, uh, and do you mind that, if I added something of, to the original yeah. point? Yeah. Uh, I was, I wanted to continue and I was saying the different, the difference between, um, being rich and being famous. So for the people who like when that they focus on fame, Usually they become famous because of how the like the the impact they leave on people's lives, on other people's lives. So people tend to remember them more and that's how they become famous. Now to elevate their fame, they nowadays you do it through TV, uh, through social media, through whatever means of uh, like whatever means available. Obviously, in the, uh, in the past, it used to be just like TV, radio. Now TV and radio is. It's still there, but we have much more quicker, more, much more ex exposing uh, platforms like YouTube, social media, Instagram, all of the above. And they like these people don't tend to be rich, you know, like the ones who do become rich are the ones who find a way to leverage their platforms. So they don't actually end up making money because they're famous. They make money because they're using their platform in other aspects. Hmm. So they get probably paid even by they get other, endorsements. But yeah, they yeah, they get yeah. endorsements. So like the people who have money are paying them in the end. Right. Right. Well, so like what's the difference between these two aspects, like in your opinion? Well it'd be financially rich and uh and fame and being just famous. Um it's funny, I haven't given that much thought to that question. I've given a lot of thought to the idea that we all agree upon that somebody can be financially rich. Um, this, again, comes down to our ability for abstract thinking, that we all agree that wealth exists. 
and a, and one oh, yeah. person can can hold you know a thousand times more wealth than another it, that that's just a fiction i mean there's nothing in nature that says that's true it's all of us agreeing on it right and so so um what is real wealth well uh, 999 out of a thousand people would say oh it's not having a lot of money it's having a lot of stuff right uh, again, I'll tell you, I was just traveling in Eastern Europe and it just occurred to me, I was on a semi-budget thing going through, mm -hmm. like, I'm wealthy. <laughs> this is wealth. This is yeah. real wealth. You know, I'm yeah. exposed to Roman ruins and great art in museums and meeting new people and being along the Danube River. Um, it's like, this is enriching me. I'm rich with this, right? That's what real wealth is. Um, and I, I wish, again, stepping back from our thoughts and our beliefs that financial wealth can exist, we might be able to see where real wealth, there are opportunities for it. So, sorry, so that's, that's an, a kind of a deflection of your question. But, <laughs> <laughs> the, but the idea of, of being uh, famous, I don't know, uh, in my former business, I came upon a lot of people that wanted to be famous, I guess, you know, um, and uh, that's, uh, you know, I, I feel that from time to time myself. It's funny, I've got different parts of me. One part that says, oh, come on, you want to you want to have your face out there. You want to be recognized. You want to be a leader. Another part of me says, fuck that. <laughs> Just go do your own thing, you know, you know, go, yeah. go, go seek wealth in, in, in other ways that in, in more authentic ways, you know. You, can't you sound like you're more leaning towards being a balanced individual? So yeah. obviously there's the extremes of the people who are just rich and then there's the people who are just famous. And then there's the people who come in the middle who just want, you know, to enjoy life, just not go insane and go ex go on the extremes and just have millions of people just like attacking them and like yo i want your autograph but then feel lonely after uh, and also just being so rich that you don't that you might be financially safe but at the same time you have all the risks revolving around your head and all the responsibility on your back and on your shoulders and, and just stressing you out all the time right, you know, right. most of us just want to be able to properly rationalize what's going on and process the things in our lives and just enjoy it, man. Cause like, it's a, it's not a, it's not a long life. We, we want to enjoy what we can do, what we have, what we like. If we go on the extremes, we are basically just slow. I, I would say we're probably accelerating our death. Yeah. I, I um, that it's ultimately unhealthy, whether it's psychologically or physically. Um, um, that that we have a chance to be here on this blue green planet for X number of years. Um, how how can we make the most of that in terms of our own authentic wealth, not financial wealth, but authentic wealth? And you know, we have we're capable of pretty much having everyone on the planet. Uh, in 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 a middle class lifestyle, but that at this point our beliefs keep that from happening. Okay, um, mm -hmm. 
yeah. that that no no we believe that uh, you know 0.01% of the population can have most of the wealth on the planet and not only do we believe it uh, but the way we cope uh, cope with uh, that belief is we think they deserve it. Oh, these people with wealth deserve it. Um, that's that's just a coping mechanism to, <laughs> in my opinion, to ju- to help feel better about why is there such disparity? Why is why are there people living on the street a few blocks away? And I know that people have so much wealth that they've got that they could have a, a hundred generations of people could be wealthy. So it's like, yeah, totally. Um, wow. And also, yeah. so going yeah. on that, Kent, you were saying, um, why do they deserve it? So you worked with, with a lot of famous people as well. Um, do you think they deserve to be famous? <laughs> some of them, some of them were, were truly uh, gifted and talented in what they did. Um, look, if, if you're able to entertain people, in a relatively healthy manner, more healthy than not. Why not? I mean, uh, you, prior, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if we look at just recent history, you guys were talking a moment ago about the radio and television being influencers before uh, social media. And yeah. and it was just a little over 100 years ago where it wasn't radio and television. It was theater, politics, and uh, people getting together, reading, reading newspapers. That's how ideas were spread, you know, or you went to the theater or you got you read about the president through the newspaper a week later, you know. Um, so now I've gotten off off on off on a different track here. But um, focus, Ken, focus, <laughs> focus. <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the idea that um, th- we're able to handle this rapid dissemination of ideas. Um, yeah. I mean, instantaneous. I think up something right now, I hit beep on my phone, it's in China, you know, a second later. Whereas that, whereas 100 years ago or 120 years ago, that would have taken months, okay? And so um, memes, ideas are spread across the planet instantly. Um, and I, I question developmentally, and possibly evolutionarily, whether we are equipped to handle that. Could you elaborate a bit? <laughs> well, sure. Uh, I think there's a there's a basic overwhelm with this um, this much information, um, and, and that um, exposing yourself to it day in day out. Um, has effects on our pre-conscious, on our visceral and pre-conscious beings uh, within us um, that are unknown. Um, a writer by the name of Gaia Vince uh, says that uh, in, in one day today, a person experiences as much narrative uh, input as someone in their entire life would have experienced in the Middle Ages. So mm-hmm. um, so in one day, we've got so much more stuff coming at us than our, you know, than perhaps 10, 20 generations ago. And so yet evolution doesn't work that fast. <laughs> yeah. How are we how are we able to handle that? 
we are, our minds are have plasticity. We certainly create uh, what we would call new schemas to sort of, oh, there's a there's something that makes sense over there. I don't have to think about it. You know, social media is a thing that makes sense. It's right there. Um, but the the underlying overwhelm that comes with uh, the, the radical participation that most of us are doing in, in social media um, is something to be aware of and to, be quest to question. And I don't know the answer. I'm not saying someone needs to step in and regulate it. I need, I need, I'm saying we just need to think about, um, mm -hmm. think about our great inventions, you know, um, the, and, and their, and their dark sides. Yeah. I mean, the reason I got into film and television is because I saw how powerful it was and, you know, you can use it for good. You know, there's a lot of people that create beautiful art projects and films yeah. and television series that inspire, that educate, you know, that's what we're trying to do with this podcast, you know, entertain, but also educate. And then, but you also see people use it for, you know, toxic drama. Um, that's a yeah, good way was, to put it. Toxic drama. Toxic drama. <laughs> You know, I think the the best example of something that is heartwarming is like comedy. And you've worked with a lot of uh, comedians on the Arsenio Hall show, right? I mean, yeah. that guy and like just being in a room like that, that uplifts your spirit, you know? Yes. Yeah. I really yeah. think like being in a stand up comedy hall, listening to people make jokes and laughing all together. That's an elevating experience, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I agree. Um that that that's goes back to theater you know it goes back to mm -hmm. what our ancestors participated in um the exchange of ideas so comedians take current events interpret them through a certain lens to make them funny and and and, and share them with us uh, through their words um you may not you may be put off by some of them or you may really mm -hmm. enjoy some of them um but uh, by and large i i would say we're far more developed to handle that than than social media and i don't mean just bites from comedians okay i mean whole one hour or 90 minute concert you know concert type things you know mm -hmm. a whole a whole thing this is who this per this is how this person views the world they're sharing their ideas through words which we then use cognitive energy to interpret and 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 uh and if we like them we like them you know um so so yeah, uh, one thing I, so funny, uh, mo you know, most comedians, at least coming up, they write their own jokes. Um, they, they spend time. I know early on, a long time ago, before he was famous, I worked just for a moment with Jerry Seinfeld and, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, I, I didn't get to know him very well, but, um, but the, people I was working with who did know him said, this guy's, he gets up early in the morning, spends the first few hours just writing jokes and then tries to sort out which are the best ones in, in his show. Um, and that's what he loves to do, you know, writing, reading, interpreting, and then narrating. Um, and, uh, and, one thing that was kind of a little disappointing, some of the best comedians I've seen um, don't necessarily trust themselves to tell these. Sometimes 
like you could see if you want to watch Richard Pryor, who I never met, mm-hmm. but Richard Pryor um, and other great comedians, uh, Arsenio as well. Uh, I have a, an old friend, Larry Wilson, who's a comic magician. These guys are really good at improvising. Mm-hmm. They'll, they can just go into the audience and take stories and talk to people and, mm-hmm. and, and, and make you laugh. And I was always sort of disappointed to see people who have that capability rely on kind of stale written scripts. Um, it's like, oh, come on, you can do that just by just by uh, shooting from the <laughs> hip. You know, you're funnier than that. And mm-hmm. and so um, so that's a, that's a, a wonderful skill that uh, I think certain uh, Robin Williams was brilliant at it. God. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but how, he, for, yeah, for the imp, for the the ones that improvise, I mean, there isn't much stability in that aspect because I know, I know, they want structure. Yeah, like, so may, maybe they can do it if they find the right flow. They just have to get into that. Basically, they. they I, I like how uh, they when they say nowadays is like, oh, uh, he's cooking. You know, like he's basically, you know, the James right. Harden me. And he's hot. He's right. cooking. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's right. hot. Yeah. <laughs> so they need to start cooking, you know, first. They have to put the right ingredients and stuff. Uh, I like that reference. It's it's a, it's a nice one. Um, and it's sometimes because there's the emotional aspect of it all, like they also have to be emotionally there and have the energy, yeah. like yeah. what we talked about earlier. Um for them to be able to cook, they have to have that aspect, like in the moment. But it's not always yeah. there, so that's no, why. No, I mean, I, many many comedians has... suffer from depression. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that 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 engaging in sharing narratives that tickle everybody is a way of coping with depression to, for some people. Do you think it has to do with also um, rejection? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, who you know? Again, there's there's. Behind, behind anything that we can simply explain, there's a hundred different systems. So I, I would not say universally that it's about rejection, but many, if you read biographies of many um, comedians, you see that they may have less than secure attachments to their caregivers mm-hmm. at an early age for whatever reason, and uh, or mm. having been bullied um, or, if, or maybe being in the shadow of somebody else in their family, and the way yeah. that they can get attention is by telling jokes. So I can I can get attention by telling jokes, and thereby not be kicked to the sidewalk, sidelined, made to feel invisible. If I tell jokes and make people laugh, that's a way that I can uh, sort of be in the world where I'm not um, made to feel invalid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all go through trauma. I think that's something most all of us as human beings go through, right? I mean, especially the older we get, the more things we experience. Um, yeah. How do, but, how, I mean, how do you I mean, deal with it? And, you know, what's the difference between... Because um, I, I wouldn't say I'm, like, mentally ill and stuff, but there are things, you know, that uh, I would like to process from the past. Um, I don't think I'm like necessarily sad or diagnosable to go, you know, talk to like a therapist and stuff like that. I, 
you know, usually rely on my friends and sure, you know, making having good experiences or such. But what's uh, what's your thought on that? You know, like um, sure, um, well, dealing the, with trauma. The the last third of my book talks about different ways to mm-hmm. to approach this, um, and what you said is like the first thing. So the greatest, the best predictor for uh, uh, getting back on your feet after a trauma, for uh, recovering from a trauma relatively successfully, the greatest predictor is uh, what social support or interpersonal support, people Mm -hmm. around you, a person or persons around you that are validating of you. Okay, that say you you went through something awful. I may not have experienced that. I don't know what it is, but I'm standing next to you. I just want you to know I'm standing next to you. What you're feeling mm-hmm. is valid. Okay, um, um, or or you know, as therapists, we tend to do that. We delve a little deeper. Um, we want to actually hear what the person's explanation is and see if we can help them. Uh, so again, stand next to them. Don't invalidate. See if you can gently show where something might be a distorted perception. Because frequently, when people come out of traumas, they have negative, negative self uh, stories, uh, negative stories about others um, that that are out of balance, as you guys said earlier. Um, yeah. And 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 that. Uh, so the idea is to gently say, you know, uh, could this possibly be distorted? I understand. I'm with you. I, I stand next to you in these feelings. And of course, you, it's, it's, you, have, you have a right to feel these things. Is, there, is it bending your vision a little bit on, on these things? Um, so so uh, the first thing regarding any kind of trauma, whether it's, you know, being bullied, a car accident, being in war, um, is to have a, a person or a group of people around you who can validate how you feel and say, it's okay for you to feel this way. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's, that's a core. Then beyond that, there's um, many different ways to approach trauma recovery. Um, I am trained in something called EMDR, eye movement mm-hmm. desensitization and reprocessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I use with some frequency, uh, but it's not for everybody. I'm not going to say one size fits all. Um, I find it's good about 75, 80% of the time I see either a drastic quick, re- you know, return to functioning or, or at least some movement towards that using mm-hmm. EMDR, but other people, um, th- there's a, a guy named Peter Levine came up with an intervention called somatic experiencing, which is what we were talking about earlier. What is your viscera informing you? Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and how, and so if there's trauma trapped in your muscles, guts, bones, because, because of the human cycle of our um, uh, perseveration, we, 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 think things over and over. We go back to the past and relive over and over and over. Um, and then when we project into the future, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. So if this tends to trap things in our viscera and Levine has a way uh, and, his, and, and the somatic experiencing practitioners have a way um, to release viscerally 
um, trapped trauma. And, and, and in a sense, they're taking a lesson from non-human mammals because mm -hmm. as we were talking about earlier, we have the gift, uh, the blessing and curse of abstract thinking. Um, most yeah. mammals arguably have far less of that. Okay. Now I'm not going to say I know this to be a concrete fact, but I, I, I judge from their behavior that they don't have the complex language that we do. Um, and I also see we have many, many instances when an animal is threatened, actually threatened, and maybe even the jaws in the jaws is something that's going to kill, kill it. If it escapes, if it survives, it doesn't remain traumatized. It shakes it off. Um, and, and it may have a schema, a mental imprint on, okay, danger, danger in that area, avoid that area. But it's not they don't have what I call I, me, mine consciousness. This was about me. This was to me personally. Um, this is going to happen again to me. And this is because of something I did to put myself in the way. No, I no. See. It's just like, it's like uh, danger, nurturance. Danger, nurturance. Which way do I turn? <laughs> um, and there's no I. Which way, which way is danger or nurturance, you know? Um, yeah. and, and, um, and so we, so we can take a lesson from that viscerally. Uh, this is actually what the benefit of most meditations are. Uh, although I don't know that people can put that into words. I, I, meditations of various different kinds that can put you into the what is mode right now. So like what. Mm -hmm. What do I feel? What do I smell? What do I hear? It's, it tends to come in through senses, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What, what's on the back of my eyes as I have them shut? And then um, I've uh, taken it a step further to uh, what, because I'm human, I have thoughts. What are my thoughts doing? I like to envision thoughts as tubes coming out of my head. Oh, there's the thought of where I'm worrying about my brother. Oh, there's the thought that I'm worrying about the stuff in the Middle East, right? Um, mm -hmm. There's the thought that says I've got to be someplace at one o'clock, you know? Um, uh, yeah. And, and that visualization of thoughts helps you stand back from them and just be with what is. Um, and so, um, so the idea, going back to the, the Levine intervention, uh, which I'm not trained in, by the way, um, the idea that being with what is helps us get away from the cognitive loops that creates the distortions in our mind and, and, and get in the way of our functioning. So mm -hmm. there you go. Okay. That's pretty elaborate, Ken. You know, I love when I was reading your book about um, how many traumas lead to different kinds of mental diagnoses, you know, kind yeah. of the root, the root of, Many, much of mental illness is partially stemming from the traumas we have experienced in life. And um, yeah, and I like that idea of visualizing the thought and then just, you know, tossing it out of there, getting, you know, like seeing it for what it is. You know, it's so, you know, it's such a curse to be so intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's a nice story to tell ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 
like uh, I've spent, I feel like a lot of my life, I'm, you know, playing with ideas and trying to be smarter and more intelligent. And, but, um, you know, I've just come to realize that it, it's cool and all, but then I feel like maybe I've been lacking in other areas of my life, you know, like I wish I could cook better recipes for myself, or I wish I could, you know, really take care of uh, my clothes maybe a bit better, you know, or just something, or I wish I could unclog a toilet if it was clogged, you know, it's like, you know, I think that many of the things I've been teaching myself, like how to write or how to, you know, be a great therapist and such like that. I feel like a lot of it's even getting automated with AI, you know, I feel like those high cognitive skills that, you know, my, my parents were like, yeah, you need to get really smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, but then now I feel like, okay, some of those jobs are being taken away. <laughs> and I think that like the basic jobs of like, like unclogging a toilet, you know, or setting up this dresser, you know, building a shelf. I feel like I can... <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying my best to get back into the more, the hands-on skills because I, those things Alexa can't fix, you know, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Alexa right. can't fix my, you know, my broken oven, you know, Damn I have right. to go in and <laughs> Gotta do it yourself, bro. myself. Di yeah, exactly. DIY. Or, yeah, exactly. DIY, you know? right. <laughs> well, so, so I'll just comment on the, on the way. So I hear you talking to yourself in a certain way, right? Yes. Saying, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that, right? I wish I could fix the clogged toilet. I wish I could uh, uh, work Change on this Change the vocabulary, thing. Ali. Don't say I wish. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I want to compliment you on saying I wish. Um, uh, because so many people where <laughs> a major cognitive distortion that people engage in is I should. Mm. I need to. I should do this. I should be able to do this says sets a goal of like, okay, I should, that's the automatically comes with judgment. Right. Um, yeah. So that it, so that if you're not able to, because not everybody is going to be good at clearing toilets. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're not able to, um, that's okay. Right. I wish I could, I could clear a clogged toilet is is sets a, it sets a um, a want. I wish I want to be able to do this. That's something I want to move towards. Right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't say yeah. I should be able to do it. And so there's a, there's a subtle but very important difference with um, setting yourself up for failure, as opposed to I'd like to be able to do this. You're also setting a promise for yourself. That's what I noticed when I do it to to my like when I say these things to myself. I say I have to, or, um, and I write it down as well as a task to complete. So it's like, you know, it's like a little side quest you get in a, in a, in a video game. You're just like, it's like right there. And you're just like, you have to complete <laughs> it so it can give you an upgrade or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you promise yourself these things. And obviously you're not, you can't always keep all your promises, but, in the moment, if even if you don't complete the task and you promise yourself to do it, don't be hard on yourself. You just exactly you just go with it. You're like, even if you do a bit of it, like even if you complete half the task, look at that. Look at that part. And you're like, OK, at least I did something. At least I made some progress. So the next time I'll just complete this. 
I'll be done. Yes, exactly right. Um, to, to what we call partializing a task. So uh, I want to yeah. change the transmission in my car, you know. Um, that's a pretty huge thing that many of us untrained as mechanics might fail at, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so what what would the first thing that you want that you do to you know um, how do you, how would you partialize that? Um, well, first of all, uh, if I'm the transmission's out and it doesn't work, maybe I need a second car <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to make sure I can still get around. You know, I mean you you. Uh, probably a bad example but but the idea of like i'm gonna chop <laughs> i'm gonna chop up a cord of wood today um that's a huge amount of wood uh you know if i get if i get two stacks done that's a success that's my objective for the day right yeah. as opposed to a huge ton of wood um partialize partialize the things that you're going after just like you said yeah mm-hmm. and and also um let's say it's a big task like you were talking about let's, using the transmission one and most of us don't know how to change the transmission in our car but if we're doing it ourselves maybe the the first task should be gaining information gaining yeah. knowledge on how to do it you know because then once you have knowledge thing cuz like usually we're afraid of the unknown uh, sorry most people are afraid of the unknown so they tend to not go delve into that area. All right, if it's unknown, then make it known. Like, mm-hmm. get get educated, get informed about I it. I know side about then, that one. I why think not? If something has too much knowledge or too much, you know, like knowing too much, you know. So I feel like that. I'm like that. I bet. Like for example, my car engine lights on. Yeah. I googled it. <laughs> and I got the thing, the scanner to get it, and I know how to do it. And I looked up the YouTube video. Okay, but to be honest with you, when it comes time for me to actually do it myself, I still haven't been able to do it. And I <laughs> okay. I'm being completely honest. Well, you have to combine. Yeah. They have to combine the yeah. two. You know, the first one is I have the, the information. But say what you said exactly right. The first, the partializing the task of rebuilding your transmission is the first step would be enrolling in a place where I can learn how to do that. <laughs> that would be the yeah. first step. It can be as simple um, as a YouTube video. Right, 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 right. Um, uh, but also, Ali, um, I, I have to share with you, I've got a very similar situation. I've got an idiot <laughs> in my car. Uh, that It's about tire pressure. And I have done a mm-hmm. hundred different things. So I say to myself, I want to get rid of this idiot light, right? Uh, um, and I do a hundred different things. I got a tool to reset the tire pressure with a car. And it went go to the... It's like... Um, Ultimately, it ain't going off. It's like, okay, <laughs> you know, the car runs great. And I'm just going to live with this light on. And at some point or other, I'll let somebody, I'll let a professional look at it for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if it's not, if the car isn't stopping, why should yeah, you? Exactly. It's a great little car. I, I zoom all over uh, the, my region with it. And uh, other than that stupid light, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've just said right. that's how I cope with it. It's just like nothing's wrong with this car. I'm going to keep driving. You're right. I shouldn't be so hard on myself. You know, that's a good point. What right. do you think, I right. 100% agree. And I think it's time, Adi. This has been a great podcast, Kent. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having Before... me. I really appreciate it. I... Anytime. I'm man. honored to have joined um, you guys. Before we sign out, is there anything you'd like to plug into the show 
um, let the audience know about? Sure. Um, my book is called Stop Breaking Down, The Secret to Avoiding Overwhelming Crack-Up. You can find it, a direct link to it on uh, my website, kentw.net, um, at the uh, risk of engaging in crass self-promotion. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then beyond that, I would say, let's slow down. Let's slow down our thinking. Let's slow mm -hmm. it down and step back from our thoughts and mm -hmm. see where we are being trapped into concrete, rigid ways of thinking where, um, where more flexible uh, systems uh, analyzing based of ways of thinking would be more helpful to us. Slow it down. Slow it down. Well, thank you for that message as well. I think I'm going to start asking all our guests to say something like, Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the show like some okay. message to share um anyway this has been a to the show thank you guys for watching and you Woo. guys know how we uh, sign out peace <laughs>